Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course, my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted a sample of the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years Years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's Frizi Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code Heel Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. Hey everyone, it's Kelsey. And Jeff, and we are here to tell you a bit about our partner Anchor. We know that you're a fan of this podcast and maybe you thought, hey, I want to make a podcast too. Well, we have great news for you guys. We want to tell you all about Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast for a few reasons, but to start out, it's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. Plus, you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Do it, you guys, and enjoy the show. I'm on a journey to get better, and I want to do it with you. And I'm not just focusing on physical health. I'm focusing on everything, emotional wellness, spirituality, finances, relationships, and so much more. Every week, it will be my personal goal to bring us, the world's leading healers, experts, and game changers, to share groundbreaking secrets and tips to getting better in all areas of life. Getting better isn't easy, but it's a whole lot easier when we can do it together. Welcome to Better Together with me, Maria Manu. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to Better Together. When you know better, you get better. It's Tuesday, November 17th, 2020. It's the day before Kevin's birthday. Yay, Kevin. Very exciting. Scorpio King. Kevin turns 83 tomorrow. He looks great (laughs) for his age. Uh, Our quote of the day, 
Once you have the right information about how your body really works, you can start making healthy choices that finally work for you. The science of your body is on your side. And that's from our guest today, Alisa Viti. You might remember her. She's been on the show before. She is a world-renowned female biohacking and hormone expert. And she's going to be discussing the inevitable menopause journey every woman faces and how to make it as smooth as possible. Welcome back to our Heal Squad. Thank you guys for being with us each and every day to get better right alongside us. And Jeff is probably even more excited about this than... (laughs) us ladies are he's like i was so excited talking to elisa i have to say so jeff uh i feel like your wife is really gonna love you more and more as each day passes and this job is like i think we figured it out for you i think so too 100 (laughs) percent. i mean i will say that's what is amazing about elisa is even you guys who are listening right now and might think this episode's not for me there's a woman in your life she might be your mom she Mm -hmm. might be your sister she's probably your significant other and this information is incredibly valuable. So uh, not only will you get those brownie points, but if you can maybe help with the moods a little bit and we'll learn about this food, it's going to be a gift to you too. So amazing stuff. I love it. Well, here's the thing. When you know better, you can do better, right? Mm-hmm. And when I went to Tony Robbins seminars, one of the things he did was um, a consciousness level mm-hmm. um, exploration where you can kind of see that if you're on a higher level of consciousness, like say like a yogi or somebody who's like very like, you know, kumbaya and, kumbaya. you know, evolved. Kesara, very evolved. They're up here and then you get pff, this guy down here mm. who's like, what the hell? You hit my cab. <laughs> like, what are you doing right now? <laughs> you, like you have to, you have to know what conscious level, consciousness level someone's at to be able to deal with them properly. Mm. And how to know what level they're on because you can't expect everybody to be here with you yep. and you can't expect everybody to be here with you yep. and I'm, I'm if you're not watching i'm pointing to different levels so um it's almost like a, a building you can't get to the other floor without the elevator or the stairs and you got to go up or down right so in life you kind of have to know what you're dealing with so you know if you have to kind of go up or down a little bit and meet people where they are because they haven't gotten there yet right we are all on this journey And some people will take the opportunities along the way for growth. Other people will see those tough moments and, you know, maybe not rise to it or not have seen a model where someone has risen in those moments. And then they'll just kind of stay there. So, you know, we are all a people and we are all, you know, God's children or the universe's children or we all are connected. So we have to find ways to deal with each other. God, I have to say this to myself sometimes, but, um, but that's the truth. So until you know that it's really hard. So now you, Jeff, long story to get to what you're saying, you now are going to understand your wife so much better, which means you can meet her where she's at in those moments. You can have an empathy and an understanding that's going to make your life and her life so much better rather than you not understanding not learning and then meeting her with friction Mm -hmm. and then she gets really upset and then the two of you just keep finding that you can't understand each other till you decide to divorce and then it's because (laughs) he doesn't understand me and that's where we get yeah i think just like shit i'm getting divorced (laughs) by the way guys i should let you know and i'm just kidding yeah Um, but you're right. I think that's really smart, Maria. And um, that's the beauty of information. Mm. It gives you a chance to be empathetic, 
right? That's what's so cool is not only is it no better, get better, but it's no better, understand others better too, right? I think information is one of the key ways that we can have more empathy for other people. So um, this shows for everyone today. And like always, Elise is just such of a well of knowledge she's just such a good talker too yeah it's like when you're on a plane and someone's farting nonstop. you have to understand that they just ate something bad or they have a bad diet and you know that they can't control it oh my god i'm not that good i'm not that <laughs> empathetic maria oh no guys i've had to pretend they were mine sometimes because you know if you pretend oh. that it's yours you can get through it a little better no <laughs> no no, no better get better you. yeah i'm not oh empathetic to that. my god this is actually when we were going through the airport i told kelsey you know it's bad when someone smells so horrible that i can smell it through my mask as they whiz by me at the Ooh. airport Ooh, there were so much. many people in that airport that had horrendous body odor the other day yeah. i was like what in the heck it like was... i've got a kn kn95 yeah. is that what it is yeah yeah look legit thorough mask and i can smell you horrible yeah yeah that's why we opted to not sit and or eat near any of them that was one thing we didn't chat about Mm -hmm. yesterday that i think maria's really good at is she's just so aware of her surroundings and especially traveling traveling during covid right she can really Mm kind of like suss out okay we're not eating at that restaurant we're not eating there we're not eating there it's like bring your own food or get the snacks from the little store it's like yeah we walked through that airport jeff and we were like ew 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 there was one restaurant open and there were barely any seats and there was like a woman openly coughing and thinking it was hilarious and i heard other people sneezing and so i was like we're not going over there we went into the little you know the magazine store Mm -hmm. or like you can get all the little tchotchkes and the stuff um and i was like okay this is where dinner is going to be had so we found hard-boiled eggs I found a thing, a container of blueberries, and then I got a a bag of honey mustard pretzels, mm. and so that was my dinner, That's and nice. I loved it. And we yeah. went to the far side of the airport where there were only two seats, so no mm-hmm. one could sit next to us. We sat down, we ate, we were away from everybody, and wiped it down. Wiped it. You know, we yeah. were. Just- when you're on the go, twenty four seven, like me, guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity (laughs) and that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me from working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials it's been my go-to for so many years and having everything in one place is such a time saver for me with being a first-time mom for a while now as you know I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing plus having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me so I know we're all focusing on our families our health hopefully our jobs and everything in between but it's time to make your life a little easier and to help you out I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam all the details are in the show notes below or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too I have some new picks on there this little bomber jacket this little black dress you're gonna love it it's like it's the safest way to be because you know yeah. it's 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 the wild wild west out there so wild, you gotta protect yourself people are crop dusting you but, but p.s <laughs> if you're ever on a plane and someone is really making you suffer a couple little things you can do so i have this um hand refresher from jow it's a little mm-hmm. pricier right but i mm-hmm. use it sparingly it's got this um 
lavender smell that I love. Mm. So I'll put it on my hands and then I'll put it on my mask so I can get that smell in there. Mm. Or you can use an essential oil on your mask. Uh, or you can ask for coffee grinds. I have very often asked the flight attendants for coffee wow. grinds. Um, on one of our flights, they already had it in the bathroom. The coffee grinds in there. And I was like, I salute you. You are angels. Wow. Because it's people have horrible digestive situations. And it happens to be when they're flying. And you have to deal with it, especially if you're sitting near it. So um, coffee grinds are amazing That's for that. That's really smart. I've never thought of that. Mm-hmm. Clever, clever girl you are. We might have to uh, work that into our GSTV tips. Oh That's yeah, great. coffee oh, yeah. grinds. Ooh, yeah. they're amazing. Yeah, yeah, I love yeah. That. Um, I love that. So, we anyhow, should, go ahead. I was gonna say, let's talk about uh, pets at the White House. Oh my! Speaking okay. of us being yeah. in DC, these guys found uh, a really cool article about the most unusual pets from the White House, which I have always associated dogs with the White House. And I remember when the Obamas were going to, um, you know, they were trying to figure out a dog. Actually, just before my interview, this was in July. It was uh, Malia's, uh, Sasha's birthday. Mm. And I, the campaign advisor was like, oh, show them your, your dog. So I was showing the girls my dogs. And we were all hoping they would adopt a dog from the shelter. They didn't, as far as I remember. They're... Um, party poodle looking dog whatever it was yeah 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 they didn't get from uh, a shelter but joe biden has That's rescued right. his both his dogs both his dogs okay so we will have they're the first shelter rescues. they're the first rescues mm-hmm. yeah in the white house oh. which i think is a, a really great example and i'm excited about seeing that as a dog rescuer myself uh but i didn't realize it went further than dogs so i'm 100%. really excited and i didn't want to know i'm really excited to hear what the heck's been in the white house well to me this is the perfect story right now for you maria because it's like about politics but not actually about politics right it's like whether or not you're on the right or the left you can agree that it's nice to have fun animals at the white house and there's a really interesting history around this um theodore roosevelt's family owned horses dogs kangaroo rats guinea pigs a macaw? I don't even know what that is. That's a, like a, a parrot. badger? It's like a bird. It's like a ferret? A bird. Oh, it's a bird. A macaw okay. is a bird, yeah. Huh. Interesting. A garter snake? A bear. There was a bear at the White House while Theodore Roosevelt was Shut in office. Shut up. I don't believe you. I didn't either. And then I was reading some other sources that confirmed it. Um, and there was a lion, a hyena. And the best part How? is Theodore Roosevelt had a one-legged rooster. What? Yeah, here, I'll show the photo of the rooster. This is the best part. What? You know, Teddy was kind of a weird guy. If you've studied American history, he was the speak softly. (laughs) No, me neither. He was like the speak softly and carry a big stick president. Like, he was just very quirky. And um, I think his animal collection is one of the best ways to show. so he had an entire animal collection at the White House? Yeah. Where? Like in the West Wing? I guess I need to do a little more is research there like on a that. Ma- is the White House a massive property? Because I don't feel like you see the gates, but like, is there a backyard? Like, I don't understand. I, don't I have no idea. I'm, oh, oh my I... God. He had a one-legged <laughs> wow. rooster. Wow. Kind of yeah. looks like a human. I know. It's such an interesting photo. I wonder if at the time, Maria, there was less development around it. You yeah. know, this was in the early 20th century. Maybe there was less commercial real estate he had an actual lion at the white house i'm so confused are there more photos 
I'm yeah, I'm gonna keep looking. The article didn't have a ton of photos, but let me see if I can find Teddy also, Roosevelt's lines. Like who who was saying this? That's what I want to know. Like who was giving this information? Must right? be a historian. Or were there the, like, Yeah, it was the New York Times. Oh here we trainers. go. Trainers? Did he have active animal trainers? Oh wow. He was um Joe Joe Exotic. Joe, he was he was the he first was the he first. was the original Joe Exotic. Oh my god, the former president was like Joe Exotic. Wow, Teddy 100%. is Tiger King. Teddy is the Tiger King. Wow. Yeah, I couldn't remember the name. <laughs> the one so I want to make sure to shout out though that I thought of you, Marie uh, Maria, and is in line with Thanksgiving is Calvin and Grace Coolidge were sent a raccoon, first of all, to be served for Thanksgiving Ew. dinner, which who wants to eat raccoon? I've never but, heard of people eating raccoon, but I imagine they eat all kinds of other things. So, I mean, we all eat all kinds of things. I mean, someone ate a bat, didn't they? Mm. But when the <laughs> raccoon showed up, um, they thought that she was so cute, they didn't want to eat her. So they named her Rebecca. And they kept Rebecca. And they kept her on a leash around the White House. That's Shut amazing. up. They kept her on a leash. I don't believe you. I think there's a yeah. Here we go, Rebecca. This is amazing. Yeah, this, this is, is so my favorite good. story ever. I was like, this is such a Maria story. I have a photo of Rebecca. I'll share it right now. Oh my gosh, yes, photo. That's Rebecca. Grace Coolidge. That's the first lady holding Rebecca the raccoon. You're wow, joking. it was so tame. Yeah, I guess. <gasps> oh my, look at its little tongue. I lived kind of in fear of raccoons because we had baby bunnies and and rabbits growing up, mm. and they used to play in the grapevines and look down and they can shred cages with their nails to sh to pieces and i've heard of like lots of other well at the time i had heard of other rabbits that had been attacked and mm. i was like not my bunny so i would stay up all night with like toothpicks in my eyes if i heard any raccoons outside just to watch over my bunnies because i didn't oh. want anything to happen to them i love it well I, I, apparently if you train them right they're nice Here's Calvin Coolidge feeding the raccoon. Let me zoom in a little bit. Can you bit. zoom? Yeah. Oh, my God. They're my kind wow. of people. I know. I like the Coolidges. Wow. Raccoons. That's wild. And, is that, and that's in the White House? Yeah. Oh, my Lord. Can we get someone on who was a part of that or can speak more to this? Because this is crazy. Okay. Like what how? other presidents? I want to know what other animals and other presidents. Let's see. Uh, Woodrow Wilson had a flock of sheep on the White House lawn, okay. which I would love because I love sheep. That's cool. Why do you love sheep? I just think they're very, very cute. <laughs> they're kind of docile and sweet, and I like the sweat. You just never cease to surprise I like me goats. with your comments, Jeff. I love goats. I need goats yeah, in my I life love goats so bad. Too. They're a little hop. They're so cute. Did, did you like, watch kick that? their little legs? <gasps> they're so cute. Okay, what else? It. I want to know where... I'm still confused about Teddy, though. Like, where did he keep all these things? Yeah, How do you Obviously, have... like Jeff said, it was more rural back then, and they were able to. But I was actually just curious now about the White House, because you, we've only seen it, yeah. or I've only seen it from the front. Yeah. And you're wondering, like, okay, so where... Where is their space? Like, obviously, there's a rose garden that I've never Let's been Let's get Michelle to. Obama on. She can talk to us. Hilarious. Oh. <laughs> I love it. Um, Anything else um, crazy? The only other one that I thought would be close to your heart, Maria, was Andrew Johnson. Every time he would see a mice, a mouse in the White House, he would make sure to feed it and release it rather than kill it. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Good. Pre that's a good sign for a president, right? It means they have a big heart. Yeah. So true. I love it. Wow. That's actually fun. So Theodore Roosevelt had a kangaroo. That one came like came and went really quickly because there was such a list along with the snake, the bear. Oh, oh, he had an elephant, too. You missed that one, Jeff. Gosh, I skipped right over. I don't think you but said. Then, I agree with you, Maria. I don't understand how these were at the White House, but I'm looking it up. 
George Washington was... had donkeys. That's pretty yeah. cool. On the White House lawn. That's cool. I guess. I mean, definitely on the lawn. Yeah, I was reading that the that Washington's donkeys were on the White House lawn. Wow. I would have so many animals. I would get a monkey. Guys, I grew up telling my parents, someday I'm going to have a zoo and an aquarium. And then um, and then I started collecting animals. And I was like, I'm getting kind of close. <laughs> there you go. You've got us. I want every, <laughs> Jeff, I want every <laughs> animal. It would be the greatest gift. Like just, I used to say, just throw me in a zoo and I would be the happiest girl ever. Just make sure I'm fed because I love food. Mm-hmm. Make sure I'm fed and I have a roof over my head, like a nice warm place to sleep. But I don't need anything else in my life other than animals. Like I'm the happiest person on the planet. So after brain surgery, one of the things I had done um, a newsletter at the time of the coolest jobs you didn't know existed. And like one was testing water slides. You can make 40 grand a year Shut testing water up. slides. And so um, one of them was hugging pandas in China, Phenomenal. which I think we've discussed before. And they give you room and board and a vehicle. And all you have to do is hug pandas all day. It's like $35,000 a year. That? So I almost, I had Alyssa pretty convinced. I was like, we're going to go do this. But uh, I didn't. That's amazing. <laughs> but Adrian. man, well, I was kind of afraid I was going to be really allergic to because I'm allergic to every mm. animal. It's like a cruel joke. <laughs> but uh, but hugging pandas sounded so much fun. So for me, me and animals, we are, we're just one. That's you why are. I talk to them. That's why I hear them. I see them. I feel them. I understand them. I know when a stray is coming my way, whatever it's going to be. Um, and I'm not afraid of them. I love them. Good. Big hearted Maria. They're my best friends. <laughs> They're the only ones who understood me I and still it. understand me. Anyhow, it. let's understand something else. Our That's cycle. Right. Yes. You like that transition, guys? <laughs> that was beautiful. I loved it. Um, so, Elisa VT, like we said, is a women's hormone and functional nutrition expert and pioneer in female bio- biohacking. She's the creator of Cycle Syncing Method. Uh, a female-centric diet and lifestyle program that leverages hormonal patterns for optimal health, fitness, and productivity. Her period app, MyFlow, is the number one period app on iTunes, and her methods have been adopted by well-respected celebrities and organizations like the U.S. women's soccer team. Today, we're going to be talking about menopause, everyone. And uh, this is for women of all ages. Elisa, thanks so much for being back with us today for this very important topic. Happy to be back, Maria. And yes, perimenopause included in this one, too, because it's that language that we have all this confusion. Is it menopause? Is it perimenopause? Is it postmenopause? Where am I? What is it? What do I do? Yeah. So explain it all to us. I've never heard perimenopause. All I've heard is menopause. And you just dread it. You 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 know to ask your mom when she got it. My mom got it on the earlier side. And so I'm just dreading it. And so explain it to us so that we can figure out ways to improve our journey through this. Yeah, I mean, I think the dread comes from this this lack of information, right? We, we feel f- afraid when we don't know what's going to happen. And I have a little daughter and I'm thinking about how she gets really scared. All right, friends, let's talk about something we all do. Snack. Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past, but as you know, I am focused 
on my health these days. And I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor. And it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios. And then I got addicted. And now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, Plus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of Wonderful Pistachios. You're going to love them when she doesn't know if something's in the closet or not. So she has to go and look, right? And it's similar we don't, with this menopause closet. We're not sure what's inside. Mm-hmm. So I want to just sort of unpack the fact that perimenopause begins for everyone at 35. And there's nothing to fear. This is a natural process. Just like puberty begins in the brain, actually around the age of nine. But we don't see pubescence really start to happen it you know until about 12 or 13 and then even then it's a it's really up until the age of 22 it's another decade-long process before the pubescent brain finishes developing and the body is complete with its whole maturation process so this is a good thing that it takes a long time perimenopause is no different right it starts in the brain subtly at 35 slowly, slowly, your body will be making slightly, ever so slightly higher levels of follicular stimulating hormone. This is the key factor, right? When your FSH levels get to a certain threshold consistently, elevated threshold consistently, that sends signals to tell the ovaries to stop releasing eggs. At the same time, all your menstruating months prior, you're using up all of your egg reserve at the same time. So it's this combination of what's happening with your egg reserve and this elevated FSH level that really moves you in that direction of going from a cyclical reproductive stage to a postmenopausal stage. So perimenopause is that journey between the two, right? That slow, gentle, easy transition between cycling monthly and not cycling at all. And that process can take, depending on genetic predisposition, family history, and what you've done to take care of your hormones in your 20s and 30s and your current diet and lifestyle, that can take somewhere between the age of 35 and about 51, or it can happen a little faster, right? And we know that it's important for us to make this process take a nice, slow, long time because that means less symptoms for you uh, more of an easy transition and, you know, future health benefits, long-term health benefits. So how do we kind of slow that process? I mean, the body's naturally doing it, you're saying. It's it's yeah. taking its time, which is why the body's so insane. How it it's just, amazing. everything is just set up for our success and we just kind of tank it with our I mean, can choices. you imagine if like, you know, you were just having your normal levels of estrogen and progesterone one day and then boom, the next day you were in, you fell off the cliff, so to speak, from reproductive stage to postmenopausal stage where all of your hormones are downregulated, you would possibly explode into one giant hot flash. Like it could, you know, it's just too aggressive for the body. So this longer, slower process is actually what you you want to support it. You don't want to dread it. It's it's a it's a good thing. Yeah. So how do we support it? In each stage. 
So I like to think of it in a couple of different phases, right? So the first thing to do, and depending on when you're listening, this may or not be possible, but if you're in your 20s and 30s listening, you want to start thinking about what you're doing today actually does support your perimenopausal journey or, or dictate the quality of it at least when you actually begin that really that starts really more aggressively in your 40s. So taking care of your cycle, this is why I'm such a huge advocate of the cycle syncing method, because if you start taking care of your hormones and supporting them in your 20s and 30s, then perimenopause will be a much less symptomatic experience. Then if you're in, you know, stage one of perimenopause, 35 to 45, right? I want you to do, you know, pay attention to what is happening with your body and really beef up your micronutrients, right? Because likely you've just come out of stressful period of time, whether that be the thick of your career, uh, you may have done child raising, you may not have, but still stress is happening. If you notice and you track back in your lifestyle and you say, gee, I've had a habit of drinking caffeine in the morning, skipping breakfast, you know, then wine at night to wind down and kind of sugar throughout the day, these things will definitely make the second part of perimenopause way more uh, hot, flashy, night sweaty, because you're going to be for that decade, 35 to 45, without making appropriate dietary changes, you're going to be leading yourself into the place of estrogen dominance and elevated, elevated blood sugar, which will make all these symptoms worse. So I, and I, I like to explain that because I don't want you thinking that these symptoms come out of nowhere. Like, you know, the hot flashes and the night sweats are there hmm. to just make you miserable for no reason. This is not the case. Everything has a reason in the body or a root cause. And it, understanding that is really empowering because then it makes you want to take action, right? So, so I think in your 35 to 45 years, it's really about <clears throat> continuing to support your cycle with the cycle thinking method <clears throat> because you will likely and should hopefully still be having a regular period you will you know eat and eat different calories based on which phase of the cycle you're in really modulate your exercise intensity based on which phase of the cycle you're in so that you don't disrupt blood sugar you don't disrupt cortisol levels and start really thinking about bolstering your micronutrients from all the stress and the you know the the caffeine wine alcohol thing right and really make sure you're getting you know your b vitamins your omega-3 fatty acids your magnesium your probiotics all of these things are going to set your internal ecosystem up from a hormonal point of view for success when we enter stage two now stage two is that 45 to 55 you know really most women sort of have their last bleed somewhere on average around 51 and in the second stage you should expect your period to become less regular. This is normal, nothing to fear. <laughs> I know a lot of women at, when it first starts happening, I've had many clients call and say, I keep buying pregnancy tests because I'm so worried <laughs> that they're pregnant at you know, 47, 48. It's totally normal. Obviously, if you feel that that could be a concern, you do wanna check, but it's just likely that you're starting to show the signs of moving towards your very last bleed, which is called menopause. That's the only thing that's called menopause, that last bleed. But you won't know that that was your last bleed until 12 months after. And then you would call yourself postmenopausal, right? Yeah. So in that second stage, 45 to 55, you know, use start to use herbs this is the time to introduce herbs i like my maca for this i like vitex um, i love women taking flax 
Flax uh, provides phytoestrogens that really help with any excess estrogen you might be having. You would think taking phytoestrogens might increase your estrogen load, but actually because they are they have selective, selective estrogen receptor um, sites, they're, they're actually gonna help modulate your own body's use of estrogen. And so that's a good thing if you're starting to notice when you do have a bleed that it's very, very heavy or clotty, this can be a sign of a little bit of excess estrogen in that second stage of perimenopause. Any sort of hot flashing, night sweating, this you wanna start to use other herbs like black cohosh um, and those would be the three that I would start with. Vitex to help you make a little bit more progesterone, flax, you know, for that, and some some maca to help you as overall. We'll put all of this in the summary, by the way. So you're like black what and maca what? I know. I'm rattling off a lot of things. We're going to put all of this in the summary so that you have it. Um, but what I think... I just want to... Oh, I just want to clarify. Hi, it's Kelsey over here. With flax, do you like pills better, like supplements or like ground flaxseed or are they all the same so flax i like i suggest just taking that in the ground form because you need there was a groundbreaking study that was published in the new york times about two years ago that showed that if women simply added in two things to their diet they could delay that last bleed by up to two years which is a very good thing so i'll tell you the two things and then i'll tell you why it's a good thing the two things you need to add are fiber and omega-3 fatty acids. And they had women adding that in the form of beans and fatty fish like salmon. If you increase that dose to about three times a week, that's when you get the big benefit. Why is that a good thing? Why would you wanna delay your last bleed? Because some women think, gee, I can't wait till that's no, no longer part of my everyday life because they've had such problematic periods. Well, the reality is that every ovulation you have is so critical for your short-term health and your long-term health when you're postmenopausal because every ovulation, the hormones involved in that protect your brain, your heart, and your bones. So you wanna make sure during your reproductive years that you are ovulating and you wanna ovulate for as many decades as is possible for you. And then when you're postmenopausal, you will have banked all of that cardio, neuro, and osteoprotection from your healthy regular ovulation so you do want to delay it and what's exciting is that the studies are talking about simple affordable dietary things that you can do and that's just the tip of the iceberg because there's so much more that you can do if you really start to back up and reverse engineer so to speak an easier menopause by really dialing in your I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's Frizi Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way. 
T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the way. T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com. Promo code Heel Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. Self-care in your reproductive years. But a lot of women are not thinking about that, unfortunately, because we haven't really moved the narrative forward when it comes to really navigating our hormones effectively throughout our life stages, which is what we do at Flow Living and what I'm on a mission to, to help women understand. But if you find yourself where you're backed into a symptom corner, right? You're in perimenopause and you're stage two perimenopause, you're 45 and over, you're miserable, you're hot flashing, you're depressed. I mean, it's not an insignificant thing even in our brain chemistry changes, right? We having less estrogen can, you know, definitely dramatically impact the way that you feel emotionally. So if you're noticing that this is going badly for you, then you may want to consider working with a naturopathic physician or another type of physician who can prescribe for you some bioidentical hormone therapy. Now, what's the difference between synthetic and bioidentical? Big difference. You know, the bioidenticals, think of it like a key fitting into a lock your cells have highly specialized locks that only a perfect key can fit into. And the only hormonal key that can fit into your hormone receptor locks on your cells are the ones that look exactly like the ones your body makes. Those are bioidentical, right? The bioidentical hormones that you can get at a compounding pharmacy. And these have been shown to be very safe and much safer than the synthetic alternatives because they are molecularly, structurally different. And so that can be somewhat potentially concerning if there's history of cancer in the family and things of that nature. Now, all estrogen, bioidentical or not, will have stimulating effects on estrogen-sensitive tissue. So that may not be a good option for you if you are someone who has cancer history in the family. I was just going to ask you that. <laughs> of course, of course. But you can use your flax, you can use herbs, you can use, um, you know, you could potentially use bioidentical progesterone. You want to really work with someone who specializes in that. If you're going to go down the rabbit hole of bioidenticals, which you do not have to, um, you want to work with someone who specializes in that, who can really monitor you and, and make it custom for you. But you can also go through the whole process hormone-free, hormone replacement-free. You can really use diet, herbs, and supplements to help yourself really navigate the hormonal fluctuations and the natural process more elegantly with less symptoms. I love that. I feel like it's so important to let people know because so many people are, are dealing with cancer more than ever. And I don't know if everybody all connects the dots for each patient. And so if you do have cancer, you have to be so careful because hormones grow things. And so you might be seeing somebody over here for this, and they may not be connecting and thinking of your other ailment that you're dealing with. So I like pointing that out. Um, and I also go back to something you said earlier. This is why it's so important to watch your cycle because that's going to give you clues that you can tell your your gyno, hey, my periods are getting shorter or they're getting heavier. Or any of those shifts are natural shifts that are happening because you're you're getting into those next phases. And I tracking think that's... Your, tra I agree. Tracking your cycle is key. 
Um, I think that's one of the reasons why women love the MyFlow tracker because it really educates you as you are having symptoms of what could be going on so that you can have a very empowered conversation with your healthcare provider. And I know that we've talked, you know, just about sort of the whole process, but outside of, you know, herbs, supplements, and hormones, there's a lot of other things that you can do to really support your body as it goes through this transition as well that I don't want to leave out that are... Oh, we'll get to it. Yeah, not just the symptom management piece. Yeah, well, I think another thing that I wanted to point out that you said that was important is almost like it's an accumulation effect, right? An accumulation of good choices. We always talk about in health, you know, what you're doing in your 20s is going to dictate what happens in your 30s, 40s, and 50s. So even though we all think we're young and we can do whatever and I can eat whatever and it doesn't stick or whatever, it is sticking in certain ways and it is going to lay out the foundation for your future. So eating beans and fish, yes, it's good in that cycle period that you said was at 45 and up. Um, was it in that age range that it's good? Yeah. yeah. But eating it in your 20s and 30s is great anyway. It's, it's, it's you know, nothing different for any age group. It is just a, an important focus um, to have. Yeah, endocrine disruption knows no age. You know what I mean? So if you're disrupting your endocrine system in your 20s, you're going to notice symptoms with your period and your mood, your weight, your skin. If you're disrupting your endocrine system with improper diet, lifestyle, you know, chemical exposure in your 30s, you're going to notice that with effects on fertility, mood, sex drive, ability to sleep. And then if you're disrupting your endocrine system in your 40s, you're really going to notice that with perimenopause symptoms. So it's irrelevant how old you are. You will, you know, it's just, are you supporting your body's function or are you interrupting it? And the mm -hmm. more you interrupt it at any age, the more symptoms you're going to have. Yeah, because you're like and taking I, the train off its tracks. It's like going yeah. on its tracks. Everything's supposed to work in its order. And we're like, you know, detouring it with poor choices. Exactly. Um, I have to ask you before we get into the other ways you can um, change this, because a couple things have popped into my head. But one is I have a friend who recently admitted to me that she doesn't get her periods. Like she actually stops it from coming. She's 42. And she's like, oh, no, I just keep taking the pill. I don't want to get my period. And I'm like, wait, yeah. that, that, that can't sound good. And there are people who say, oh, it's fine. It's fine. When we were younger. And I'm like, I don't think that that's smart. But you tell us. Yeah, no, that is a, you're right that that's a common uh, thing that women think is okay to do. The, the issue is that they're not being, I think, fully informed about the, uh, the cost of that, sort of from a health point of view. And, and really the cost of that is that you are not ovulating. Ovulation is the magical experience that happens every month, not because of a reproductive opportunity but because of the health benefits that it confers to your body short-term, like while you're ovulating throughout the, the reproductive years and postmenopausally. So it's more studies need to be done about the connection between uh, cohorts of women who use, uh, you know, that's hormone replacement therapy. When you take synthetic birth control, right, that you're fully shutting down your own internal hormone production and you're adding synthetic hormones, right? So there needs to be a study done, I think, on, you know, uh, women who take synthetic birth control in their 30s and 40s for this long period of time. And what is the increased incidence of things like osteoporosis and heart issues and cognitive issues? Because we know that without ovulation, 
you're not getting all that all that extra benefit for your postmenopausal years. And I'd love to see some information being put out there for women to help them make decisions because again, that mythology that your period is this big problem that you have to deal with mm-hmm. is really the thing. It's it, that's a piece of propaganda and mythology that's ma- that's driving a decision that you're making, right? If you had been informed from the start instead, not that your period was this horrible thing that, you know, you would hope to medicate away, but instead was this enormously important vital sign conferred enormous health benefits. And it was in your best interest to take care of it every day, right? Your whole cycle, each phase of the cycle day after day, that's what you would do. But because you've gotten the wrong information, right? It's like a a fork in the road, right? You're going on a path that has you believing that you should shut it down with medication when in fact that just stems from that, you know, incorrect education from the beginning and this toxic mythology that plagues us. And that toxic mythology continues to plague women in their perimenopausal journey because they just think they're victims to their hormones right? It's this victimhood situation, mm-hmm. basically. You're a victim to your hormones. There's nothing to be done. You know, hopefully you can manage the top level symptoms. This is really outdated information. You know, you have total agency over how your hormones perform because they respond profoundly to dietary and lifestyle inputs. And we're going to talk about some of these lifestyle inputs in a minute, but if you aren't happy with how your body is performing hormonally, you got to change what you're doing and then your body will start to shift and you will feel better. Yeah. Period. Ah, <laughs> I love that. Okay. So then what do I say to this friend? You just want to let her know that, Hey, did you know that every ovulation that you have, you know, confers all of these important health benefits to your brain, your heart and your bones. And she'd say, no, I didn't know that. And you'd say, you know, you might want to do a little. Di- As a first time mom with a baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. <laughs> you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. (laughs) Bonus, wonderful pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, they keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. Digging and do some research for yourself about what you might want to do now, because for however long she's been on that medication, she's also depleting a lot of key micronutrients from her body that is really going to be profoundly felt by her when she moves more into the second stage of perimenopause and she might have more symptoms, right? And you have to, she should also ask herself the question, how does she want to go through that process? Mm. You know, some women, they just wanna do the hormone thing, all synthetic hormones for, for as long as possible. And that's their right. It's available and you can do it. But if you want to sort of take a more natural approach, then you've got to make some decisions. And the more time you have to recover 
some balance and some nutrient levels, micronutrient levels, the better your results will be. Yeah. It's also probably not good if you are also considering maybe having a baby. Well, uh, right, because it's birth control. (laughs) So if you want to have a child, the same thing goes, right? Where you want to really beef up your, your micronutrient levels. You want to make sure your hormones are balanced. But again, conventional medicine does have alternatives for people who just don't want to do this process because you can go into an IVF cycle. They will put you on synthetic birth control. They'll control the whole thing with synthetic hormones. And that may be something that you're more comfortable with because you feel that it is potentially overwhelming to be more involved in your own hormonal management. So it's just a personal choice. You can do it either way. And I'm That's great. the last person who would judge anybody's choices because it's really about what you are going to, what is going to get you the results that you want. And we have all the options now. And women should just be informed so that they know which track they want to go down. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I know yeah. we're going to get to all the other ways, but I have one other question from one of our amazing experts on the show who was curious if we were going to do a menopause episode. I'm like, we are working on it. Uh, She asked, is there a way to minimize this symptom? For a few days before my period, I am very tired and feel weak. I work out hard multiple times a week, but on those days, the weights and cardio feel impossible to do. Well, I would have her listen to our first segment together because we talked extensively about this. But yes, what's happening to her is not that her period is victimizing her energy, okay? What's happening is she's disrupting her endocrine system and her infradian rhythm. Mm -hmm. And what happens in the luteal phase, which is the phase that leads up to the first day of your bleed, your, your resting metabolic rate rises, which means you must eat more calories in order to keep your blood sugar stable. Without stable blood sugar, what happens to your energy, right? And if you're someone who is always constricting calories, restricting calories, then you're going to find that in the second half of your cycle, you feel tired and hungry and cranky, but it isn't because of your hormones, it's because of you and your calorie restriction, right? And again, I just love sharing this perspective Mm -hmm. because we've got to break free of this victimhood conditioning. You're not a victim of your hormones your hormones are there to give you everything (laughs) so so there's that and then there's the fact that your resting cortisol levels are higher and studies are conclusive and this is what the u.s women's soccer team you know trains based on if you do high intensity interval training and extensive cardio in the luteal phase leading up to your bleed you will turn on fat storage and turn on muscle wasting increase pms symptoms by that elevated cortisol elevated insulin can dysregulate progesterone production without enough progesterone you will feel all the pms symptoms you know times 10 you'll feel fatigued you'll feel moody you will hurt yourself right You've got to also unhook from the belief that women are simply small versions of men that have slower metabolisms and therefore need to calorie restrict more and work out more intensively. That is not true. You are a distinct biological creature from the male creature, and we each need to biohack in specific ways for our hormonal biology. So if you're doing the same thing day in and day out, you are definitely doing a disservice to your hormones at any age. The only time you can start having a daily routine is 
12 months after your last bleed, right? You are postmenopausal. You have moved from a dual biological clock reality and back to a single clock, right? So you've gone from having both a circadian and an infradian set of timing running the show in your reproductive years to your postmenopausal circadian only life, which means you can biohack the same way each and every day. You can do workouts at the same intensity each and every day. You can eat the same calories each and every day postmenopausally. Before that, you've got to synchronize your diet and your fitness with what is happening in each stage of the cycle. Otherwise, that will lead you to symptoms during your reproductive years, decreased fertility, decreased libido, increased PMS, et cetera, and absolutely set you up for a lot of symptoms in your perimenopausal journey, which is unnecessary, but we've got to know how our bodies work in order to take care of it the right way, right? Yeah. And that's been the problem all these decades. We just haven't been told the right information because women have been left out of medical fitness and nutrition research. And so we're sort of trying to grasp at whatever we can to make ourselves feel better, but we're doing many things that are disruptive to our system. Yeah, I think what you're doing is so important with flow living because you're right. I hear so often women complaining around their husbands like he can eat whatever he wants and doesn't even stick and we're comparing constantly. And like you said we can't. We're very different creatures, but when you don't when you're not raised with this knowledge, you're just kind of adopting what was passed down. And that's why I think every conversation we get to have with you is priceless because you are breathing so much reality down, you know, to us and, and so much useful information. And, you know, it, it is overwhelming because there's so much to learn, but that's what you do with flow living every day is try to simplify it for people. Um, so that you understand the differences in your phase in your phases so that you can exercise according to your, you know, the part of the month that you're in and right. eat the right way and rather than working against ourselves and if we did this even in just in this arena it's going to spill over to everything else in our lives our lives are going to be in a flow in such a better flow if we follow all of this because we're just working against ourselves otherwise yeah i mean it's really the difference between do you want to paddle upstream or do you want to go downstream because yep. your body wants you to have this easy. I mean, it's nature is efficient and elegant in its efficiency. So it would not make it, your body is not designed to be this problematic. Yeah. The fact that it's riddled with problems and symptoms is an indicator of the degree of disruption that you are causing it. And I think that it's just unfortunate that for women versus, you know, the way that we can compare women and men is in our, the difference in how we're educated about our bodies. That's a good place to do a comparison and nowhere else, frankly, because it's not useful because it's comparing like bananas to frogs. It's totally different things. <laughs> we don't need to be doing anything that's the same, but um, you know, the education is very different. Boys are educated to really understand how their bodies work. Young men are told in every arena, fitness magazines, medical information, that there's a particular pattern to their hormonal process throughout the day. And everything in our culture that they have access to really supports that. Like, for example, and I'll just sort of ask this to everybody listening, how many of you think that you should wake up at five in the morning and do a big workout first thing in the morning and that that 
is an optimal way to start the day, right? You just raise your virtual hand. Most of you probably do think that, right? And the fact of the matter is that is only good if you have testicles, <laughs> like legitimately, because those are producing hormones, specifically testosterone, in a, in a completely different galaxy of concentration than what we produce as women that you have access to as a male first thing in the morning. And so you should wake up at five because that's when you have your first big dose of it. And you should do a, a strength training workout in the morning because that's when you're going to build the most lean muscle with the least you know, risk of injury. And then you're going to do all your deep work as well because you have all that testosterone for your brain, for your concentration. But if you do that as a woman every day, especially in the second half of your cycle, force yourself to wake up early and do early morning workouts in that luteal phase, you're going to not only have all the negative stuff that we just talked about a moment ago in terms of blood sugar disruption and, and cortisol disruption, but you're going to increase your anxiety and your brain fog. So how are you going to be more productive? Even though that is what is considered the success practice of the day, having it every single day, that's predicated on male hormonal biochemistry and not yours. And so you have to understand what is happening inside of your ecosystem and do what works for that. People ask me all the time, well, what's the perfect morning routine? I said, well, what, what phase of the month am I in? And then I'll tell you what morning routine I'm doing, but it's not the same every day. Nothing is the same every day. And that's the secret so to speak for yeah. women. And if you haven't listened to the first episode with, we did with Elisa, we'll, We'll link it in the summary so that it's easier for you to find. But she goes through all of this um, in that episode. Okay, so what else um, can we be doing? So I would say, you know, the first thing is to just think about managing your hormonal fluctuations. What do you want to do for that? Um, you know, in your first stage, like we said, use the cycle thinking method because that's the best way while you still have a regular cycle to, to manage all the complexity of your insulin and your cortisol and all the other hormones. And that's your product on flowliving.com, the cycle syncing method. That's right. You can go to flowliving.com and learn more about that. Um, it's also, I wrote about it in my new book, In the Flow. Um, you can also, in your 40s, depending on how your cycle is performing, start using herbs like Vitex and Maca and Ashwagandha, which is just going to help smooth out the fact that your hormones are fluctuating a little bit. And then when you are in the second stage, hopefully you've taken the time to prepare and you don't feel like you need any sort of bioidentical hormone therapy. But if you do, that would be the time to work with a practitioner and start to figure out what you might want to do. Okay. Second thing is protect your sleep so that you can reduce hot flashes. Um, melatonin is a really essential uh, micronutrient that I think women should start taking. Um, you know, if it's if the, if they're cleared to take it uh, in their even as early forties, right? Because you're making less of it as you age, and the more exposure that you have to blue light prevents you from making adequate levels, which can disrupt your circadian rhythm, and that can disrupt your infradian rhythm. Uh, but it's also something that helps you fall asleep, right? And if you're mm -hmm. somebody who's having kids or working a lot and you feel like at night you just cannot fall asleep anymore, it's due to lower levels of progesterone and melatonin. So taking some supplemental low-dose melatonin is critical. Also interesting to note 
that in 1996, Dr. Pier Paoli in uh, Italy discovered that taking low dose melatonin actually could rejuvenate ovarian function for women who were going through the IVF process. Wow. So melatonin, if you are in your early 40s and you're considering you know, having children at that stage of your life, melatonin is not just a good sleep you know, support, it can also be a fertility help as well. Um, and then I think, you know, supplements that support your liver can really help with that excess estrogen, like DIM, like milk thistle, whatever feels right for you. Um, we've talked about the nutrition. Um, I would say starting to move toward a plant-based ketogenic diet uh, in the second stage. So stage one, cycle think. Stage two, 45 and over, you're having irregular periods. I want you to do a plant-forward, keto-like diet where you're just lowering your intake of sugar, keeping your blood sugar levels nice and low. That's going to be the biggest bang for your buck in reducing hot flashes and night sweats. Um, and then once you are postmenopausal, then you can start playing with intermittent fasting and get all those great benefits. Um, the next thing you want to do is make sure you're getting micronutrients daily and every stage start as soon as possible. I don't care if you're in your twenties, thirties, forties, wherever you are, you need B vitamins, magnesium, omega threes, probiotics, and antioxidants. Um, we have a great formulation at slow living that helps with that, but you know, you need to take them, especially if you have a history of taking synthetic birth control, especially if you've had some postnatal depletion, which is now an actual recognized term. So if you feel like you just haven't quite fully recovered your zest postpartum and you've had a few children or whatever it is, um, it's due to likely some micronutrient deficiencies that you haven't yet addressed. I mean, it's no small thing to 3D print a tiny human being. So you may need a few supplements to bounce mm -hmm. back, right? <laughs> and then I would say another key thing, there's two more key things, switch to functional fitness. Ooh. So that's lifting heavy weights and focusing on flexibility, right? So you can do classic Pilates, um, you can do any spinal erector work, there's the Gokal method, um, but like strength training in a way that you probably have not ever considered doing before is key. You wanna protect your bone density, lift heavy things, really mm -hmm. heavy things. And that is gonna keep you not only um, sort of bone strong for the rest of your postmenopausal years, but it's also gonna build a lot of lean muscle that's gonna help you not pack on any additional weight as you go through menopause. Oftentimes, excess fat around the middle, gaining weight is the body's response to not having enough. It's like a way to protect your bone density because what's, what's a great way to put weight on your bones every day was actually to have more body fat, right? Oh my God. So if you don't want to have more body fat, lift heavy things wow. <laughs> and then your, your body overcompensate for Can I that, ask you a right? question though? How does yeah. lifting heavy things help my bones? I would assume it helps my muscles, but why does it help my bones? So interesting in, uh, in the blue zones and particularly in Japan, they, they track these centarians. And one of the things that they do, the men especially, is they'll go at not just lifting heavy things. They actually, um, I'm not sure what the right word is, but they, they sort of like hit their, their like bones, so to speak on heavy bags, right? So they do lots of impact. So this, you know, punching things, lifting things, it, it adds stress to your skeletal frame, right? 
and that causes your bones to because they need to be get a little stronger and they've looked at this they've done bone scans of these like 70 80 year old men in japan and again they're not drinking any milk right they're having tofu and they're lifting heavy things and they're um you know punching heavy bags and kicking them with their shins and doing all this stuff <laughs> these guys have the bone density of men in their 30s wow so it's really use it or lose it kind of thing and as we age as we go through this middle age transition you want to think about using that time to switch over to a form of fitness that you're going to sustain in your let's say you're as Jane Fonda calls it your third act stage of life right mm -hmm. because that's when you need to make sure you can you know for example hip fractures are such a problem for women postmenopausally functional fitness can be a great preventative for that right squat down low with heavy weights and push up from that position so that you know you don't hurt yourself because your muscles and your fascia is is you know weak mm. um, pilates is great lifting heavy things uh, super, super important. And yeah, it's, it's less funny. important to do all the cardio. Walking is good, but you don't need to like run forever. It's actually, that can actually raise cortisol and cause you to put on weight. So be moderate with that. At what age do you have to start lessening the cardio? Well, you know, I mean like the, like the people who are really like every day running 60 minutes a day. I mean, I don't mean the me's of the world that are going for like a two mile walk but walking you should do forever that's the kind of cardio that your body is designed to do um it really depends when i the way i answer that question is have you been doing that forever right if you've someone if you're someone who has been a runner then continue to be a runner until your body lets you know that the impact of that is problematic for you at the same time you may want to not get to the point where your knees are blown out and you need a knee replacement, right? So you want to think about how, what is the impact that this cardio is having on your bones, your joints, and is it, does it still make sense? Um, you may want to switch the form of cardio that you're doing. Um, I, I, I really am inspired by dancers and the way that they um, physically age. It's remarkable because the, they use their body in a very functional way each and every day. Mm -hmm. um, whether they're ballet dancers or ballroom dancers, it's really irrelevant. But that type of training, which is very low impact. I mean, I'm not talking about grand jetés across the stage, but, you know, dancing, it's low impact cardio. But it is incredible what happens to the body oh yeah trust me i did it eight hours a day for 14 weeks on dancing with the stars my body was did you feel it was a transformative experience oh, for your body yes and then i recently pre-covid got back into it i started taking ballroom classes twice a week because i missed it yeah and uh it was amazing it's so much fun and you do you use muscles that you would never use because you're contorting and bending and moving and doing all Using this stuff your core. Yeah. And so I miss it now in COVID. I'm so sad. I know. It's honestly that's and and also you want to think about what are the kinds of sports that you can do until you're 100 years old if you want to live to 100. And mm -hmm. ballroom dancing or any kind of dancing is one of those. And we don't think of dance as a sport, but if if you do any kind of ballroom dancing within about a half an hour, you are dripping wet yep. with sweat, but you're not running around. And the other fun thing about that 
that's I think an overlooked benefit is the oxytocin boost that you get from dancing or from anything that you're enjoying mm. because that's flushing cortisol. The cortisol is going to program your fat cells to keep the fat where it is. But if you're doing a form of activity that's just like making you smile within every single one of your cells, right? You're flushing cortisol, you're conferring enormous health benefits to your heart, your brain, and you're getting cardio in. So do something that feels good. Functional fitness, yes, but also find something that brings you joy because you know that, that, that uh, vitamin joy is a very overlooked, <laughs> but an important part of the perimenopausal process because think about it, as you enter perimenopause, you, you're exiting a time of your life where you are more focused on catering to uh, the caretaking of others, right? Stereotypically, right? Once, you've, once you're 45 and over, unless you're having children late in life, you are done doing the heavy lifting of motherhood, so to speak, or taking care of kids or, or elderly parents or things of that nature for the, on average, you know, certainly not the case for me. I'm in my forties and I have a six-year-old, but at the same time, it's going to be me too. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. I got you. But you know, for the most, most of us, we, we, that's done in our thirties, right? Twenties and thirties. And so there's this desire that you have to, to think about yourself, to do things for you. And in fact, if you notice that part of your perimenopausal journey has an emotional component where you feel frustrated or you feel like your life is like a tight sweater that doesn't fit anymore and you want something new, listen to that inner dialogue. Try to, try to explore new passions and hobbies and, mm. and outlets for your genius, your creativity, because it is not just a hormonal transformation that you go through. Much like puberty is not just a hormonal transformation. You move from being a child to being a young adult. That process is, you're not the same person afterwards. And so you should go into perimenopause with excitement and curiosity because like puberty, you're gonna come out the other side, not the same person mm -hmm. and in a good and new way. And I don't think that's being talked enough about because everybody says they dread it. Why would you dread this opportunity to like metamorphosize? You know, you're going to be a different butterfly with different spots when you come out of that process. And I just think it's so exciting to be female because we go through that at least three times, right? Puberty, pregnancy, perimenopause, you transform. You're never the same ever after that part. And it's just, it's so cool. I love it. Uh, before I let you go, there was one last really key component, um, and I believe there was a study with meditation that you wanted That's to the share. One. That's right. Um, uh, Howard Benson from Harvard Mind Body Institute did a really key study that showed just 20 minutes of meditation daily can reduce hot flashes by 90%. Wow. I mean, so again, what do you want to do? How do you want to play it, right? Do yeah. you want to be like, um, I need medication, I need hormones, I need something to deal with my hot flashes? You know what? I'm just gonna meditate. Yeah. And I'm gonna feel that hot flash. I'm gonna I'm gonna have agency over that. I'm not gonna be. But do you have to do it while you're in the hot flash, or just in general meditating? And what kind of meditation did they study? Was there a specific kind? A very simple kind. So it just a basic form of meditation. Um, you do you do two tw okay. So the the study shows that two twenty minute sessions of meditation 
decrease hot flashes by 90%. And it's a relaxation response technique. So you just sit with your eyes closed and you choose a relaxing word like peace or whatever mantra you like, like OM or, or I think would be really cheeky. It'd be like cool and calm or like cool as a cucumber. <laughs> like, so you're, you know, you're doing this for hot flash management, right? Something that makes you feel, and Tony Robbins is a big advocate for this. Anybody has done his fire walk, oh, yeah. he prepares you um, which cool I just moss, thought was cool fascinating. Moss, cool moss. Right, the whole thing, for like an hour, and your yeah. your your brain is telling your cells to feel that way. So we know the mind body connection is real. It's not this imaginary thing. So pick a cool as a cucumber mantra, and just sit, relax, close your eyes, repeat that over and over again. And and any time you feel like your mind is wandering, just keep coming back to that phrase. Um, I think that's a really good practice, and you can do it while you're having a hot flash, you can do it to prevent them mm -hmm. because we know the enormous benefits of meditation changes your brain chemistry, changes your cortisol response pattern. Um, you, you should start adopting this practice. Do 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes at night. Yeah. See, the left. thing that's funny is if, if someone was in, you know, if I was in menopause, let's say, and I'm, you know, uh, an average person that is going to go to their doctor and the doctor said you have to take two 20 minute IVs to get rid of your um hot flashes I feel like we would be more apt to say okay time I'm that. gonna do the two 20 minute IVs yeah. and I'm gonna do it but we won't do the meditation because that's too hard I think people have this impression that meditation you're doing it either correctly or incorrectly mm -hmm. um and that's the funny thing you don't have to clear your mind you just have to sit. And this is what I like about sort of this focused relaxation technique because you're focusing on a phrase. So anytime you start to get into your monkey mind about, oh, I gotta, I've got my laundry list of things to do, you just come back to cool as a cucumber, cool as a cucumber, mm -hmm. quietly to yourself, right? And then you can let it go for a few minutes. You don't have to say it for 20 minutes. You let it go. Then if you start thinking about how your, your partner or your mother-in-law or somebody who drives you crazy, if you start marinating on that, right? You get cool as a cucumber, cool as a cucumber. You just keep coming back to that, you know, and then let it go. And the 20 minutes is, it just evaporates. You, you'll be amazed at how good you get at sitting still for 20 minutes and training yourself to not engage in thoughts that raise your cortisol levels. Mm. That's really what we're doing, right? Because anytime you go into your laundry list or rehash mentally a stressful encounter in a relationship your body thinks it's happening right now that's mm -hmm. how powerful the mind-body connection is so if you can practice training yourself not to engage in those thoughts you know you get the golden ticket i'm gonna have to use cool as a cucumber just <clears throat> excuse me just through the holidays <clears throat> excuse me like yeah with all of the cortisol that will be <laughs> running rampant in my body yes. I will just keep going back to cool as a cucumber, cool as a cucumber. <laughs> I love that. So much great advice, Elisa. I feel like every time we get together, my mind blows like every which direction. And I think that um, this is just so helpful and, and, and just incredible. So thank you. As always, if you guys want to know more about Elisa, you can go to her website, flowliving.com. And find out uh, how to get on the cycle syncing method immediately because I think it's really really important and uh and get to know your cycle better so you can work with your body not against your body indeed go with the flow 
Go with the flow. All right, Alisa. Thank you so much. I wish you the best holiday season. And we'll obviously be in touch, hopefully. Um, and, And we'll talk soon. Thanks for having me. Thank you, as always. This is amazing. <clears throat> so good. She's awesome. Right? Ugh, I've loved her for so long, and she's Man. like, because everything she says is like, what? It's and it's so true. I love that point at the end that you brought up about like a doctor would say, okay, take, go to the doctor, whatever it is, twice a week, get these two things, 20 minutes, we'd be like, okay. Yeah. But meditation's like, no, we can just kind of push it away. Mm-hmm. Because it's left on us. The onus is on us mm. to actually care about ourselves enough to yeah. make that time. Yeah. And and it's hard. And I didn't say that to berate anybody. No. It's more to just show us that that's where we're inclined to go a lot of the time. No, not everybody, but a lot of us. <clears throat> it's like, give us a pill. Let's get it over with and move on. Mm-hmm. Because we're, we have so many things on our plate, especially women. Yeah. So that's a good point, Maria. I think the thing I want to raise with that, Kevin always talks about either the positive story or the negative story around what we're told. And I can even be guilty of when a doctor tells you like, try meditating or try this. The negative story is, oh, I have to do the work. But what about the positive story of, oh my gosh, I have the tools I need right. to control my own health and luckily, life. Luckily, luckily. So that's that's the way to look at it. other people don't have that option. Other right. people have no choice but to get chemotherapy or right. to get something you know insulin for their diabetes like the fact that we can go to the doctor and they can say try these things we just have to reshape how we look at all of this Mm. um in general and everything that she's telling us to do is good for our overall health it's not like okay we want to be powerful um and and take on our our female you know right health right? Which can feel a little overwhelming and daunting. No, this is for our overall health. This is for our mood, our anxiety, our everything, our blood sugar levels, like for everything. So anyhow, I'm yeah, always inspired. Awesome. Uh, if you want to check out the other episode I was talking to you about, it is episode number 122 with Elisa, where she talks really about in depth about the infradium rhythm and the circadian rhythm. And I could quiz Jeff right now, but he is our expert. <laughs> He probably knows more than me, Uh, but we will link it in the summary to make it really easy for you. And if this was helpful to you, please share it with every woman you know. Every woman you know needs to know what we were talking about today. So do them the solid. And of course, you always help us too, because the more people we can reach, the more we actually accomplish our mission to help people. So thank you for that. Tomorrow, we're going to be chatting with the founder of the modern self-care movement, Jen Loudon, I hope I said that right, about her book, Why Bother, which will help you actualize your purpose and your happiness and uh, in this one beautiful life we're given. So in the meantime, follow us at Better Together with Maria at Alisa VT at Jeffrey Crane Graham at Kels Meyer too. And remember, be nice people, make good choices and be present. Hey, Heal Squad, we have been on quite the journey together and we're hearing from so many of you just how much this show is helping you heal and get better and it makes us feel so good. We love, love, love it and we just ask that you don't keep it to yourself. Spread the message and share the show 
or your favorite episode with your friends. And if you want to help us even more, you can leave us a five-star rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and follow us on Instagram at Heel Squad. You can also DM us anytime because we love connecting with you. And finally, you can also join us on Patreon for our monthly live heel events with world-class healers and ad-free episodes exclusive only to Patreon and our Super Heel Squad for as little as $10 a month. So go to patreon.com backslash heel squad to join. Getting better isn't easy, friends, but as I say all the time, it's a whole lot easier if we can do it together. We love you all so much and we love doing this thing called life with you.